nothing is impossible with God. 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 And the church said, Amen. Yes? How many of you believe that? Only half the hands are up. What's up with this story? Two hands on the right side. Good for you. All right. I love it. Nothing is impossible with God. Angelo is here this morning. Two weeks ago, he was in a hospital with a heart attack. God bless you. Dawn is very happy Angelo is here this morning. I can assure you of that. I went to Mexico and back. That was a miracle. That's always a miracle. It is amazing what God can do. And having said all of that and, and getting some of you to actually buy in and say with me, nothing is impossible with God, I also want us to realize that there are a lot of things in our lives about which we seem to struggle. It seems that God doesn't show up sometimes. And that's what I would love to chat with you about this morning. Because the book says nothing is impossible with God. And yet some of us struggle repeatedly with things in our lives, circumstances, experiences, challenges, personalities, employers, employees, friends, neighbors, enemies. And we wonder sometimes, where is God? If all things are truly possible, what happens? Is that fair for me to ask those questions and to cause you to think with me about this for a few minutes? There's a wonderful story in Luke chapter 1, verse 8, that tells something about an insight into a man and his experience with an angel named Gabriel. You just heard about the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary. I want to share with you the story of Gabriel speaking to the father of John the Baptist. Let me share this with you. Luke 1, beginning in verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, before, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take any wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. And many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. 
And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. So the real question is not about what is possible or impossible with God. The real question is, um, do you believe? That's the real question. Do you believe? There's another story in the book of Genesis. I've shared this with you before. You can read it. Genesis 11, verses 1 through 7. It's the story of the Tower of Babel, where God recognizes that the people have come together, and with one voice they have decided that they will build this great tower that will reach up into the heavens. And God, they, God made this statement about His people. He said, if, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible. So from the very beginning of the book through the end of the book, God acknowledges through His Word nothing is impossible, especially for those who believe. So it isn't a real question about whether it's possible or impossible for God. The real question comes down to, what do you believe? That's really what it's about. It's about what do you believe? And what is it about these experiences and these stories in the Bible that talk about people doing great things that allowed some of them to happen? And yet in our world, sometimes we feel left out because... It didn't come for us. So what do you believe? Mine has a funny way of playing tricks on us. It really does. Our mind is a very interesting thing. Our brains work in really peculiar and different ways. And we are susceptible, maybe because of the fall of man, I don't know, Maybe because of all of the sin in the world, I don't know. Maybe because of just who we are as people, I don't know. But we have a propensity and a habit of oftentimes shading toward things that are less than positive. Have you noticed? I heard a story one time about a gentleman. He was sick, and he was asked by a friend, how long have you been sick? And the guy made this response. He said, in three weeks it will be a month. In three weeks it will be a month. What kind of thought process is that? But we live in that anxious anticipation sometimes of things happening that way. And maybe it's the world around us. I was chat I don't remember who it was, but I was chatting with someone this morning just before church about the power of what we see and what we hear and what we read. Do you watch the news on television? Do you read the news on the internet? Do you read the local newspapers? Do you listen to the radio and all of the wonderful things? The commercials drive me crazy anymore because there are more commercials than anything else that's on the radio side. I try to avoid that. I have apps on my phone that let me listen to music without listening to commercials, and I pay money for that. Some of you do the same thing. We have a habit as people to lean toward things that aren't necessarily the best. I submit to you that the reason we do that is because Satan is very much alive in our world. And he causes us to believe lies. And he's really, really good at tricking us into believing things that are not true, even about us, and about things that we may want, even in the kingdom of God. He causes us to believe that, oh, you can't do that. That can't be done. 
What has God asked of you? And you're afraid to believe that it can be done. I have another question for you. When you stand and look at yourself in the mirror, when you're either shaving or combing your hair or putting on your makeup or putting in your contacts, whatever it is that you do in front of a mirror on a daily basis, let me ask you this question. The next time you do this, could you ask yourself this question? Is the person that I'm looking at someone who is worth dying for? There are a lot of issues in our country with self-esteem. Did you know that? People don't always feel that great about themselves. We don't. I got up this morning and I survived Thanksgiving and I survived a trip to New Orleans and, and to visit with my mom. And I still only weigh 220 pounds. And I'm so excited that there weren't numbers after the two and the two. It was all zeros. Well, zero's a number, right? But you get what I'm saying. I was excited that I didn't weigh more than 220. But I told Lynn, driving to church, I said, I need to lose some weight. She said, what do you want to weigh? I said, 205. I only have to lose 15. But I know that there's some people in the world that if they got up this morning and they stepped on the scales and they saw the weight, they would feel horrible about themselves because they weigh too much or sometimes they weigh too little. I think God died, sent his son Jesus to die for fat people and skinny people. Amen? Amen. He sent, he sent Jesus to die for people that live in really nice houses and for people that live in wood shacks. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he sent, people to, to, he sent Jesus to die for people who have good quality morals and, and understand how to live ethically in life. And he also sent Jesus to die for people that were just scumbags. Amen? Amen. He didn't ask us to judge anyone else. He just asks us to look at ourselves and wonder, is the person looking at you in the mirror someone who is worth dying for? And I submit to you that all of us can say absolutely. Regardless of what's happened in your life, regardless of what you've done, regardless of how you feel, understand that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary and he lived a life that was perfect and he went to a cross and he died and was resurrected because of you. You. Me too. But most especially because of you. And if he had it to do all over again, he would do the exact same thing. That's the beauty of God and the gift of Jesus. And so the question comes down what is impossible with God? Nothing is impossible with God. The challenge comes to us into what do we believe about His promises? What do we believe about what He said to do? There's some wonderful things that happened then in that story with Mary. Because Gabriel said basically the same thing to her that he said to Zechariah. There's something amazing going to happen. You're going to have a baby. But the difference in Zechariah and Mary is that Mary believed the man. If, yeah, Gabriel's a male. <laughs> Mary believed the angel. Zechariah didn't believe the angel. He suffered a few consequences because that things didn't happen the way they were supposed to for him. They worked out great for Mary. 
You and I are in the same boat. What do we believe? But look at the words of Mary. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. For those of you who are in the class this morning, in the adult class, Jason presented some ideas and concepts about investing and and he's been talking about money for a number of weeks and one of the most significant things that I took away from the conversation this morning was simply this it all begins with God and our heart with God and if our heart with the father is right then the rest of the stuff it kind of falls in line and it takes care of itself but if our heart with God is not right then all of the things that we do in trying to accumulate the mass of wealth or accumulate money or all of the things that are in there they'll fall and cause us to fall And we'll suffer grave consequences, perhaps even our own salvation. God has to be first. With Mary, guess who was first? God. She said, I am a servant. I am the Lord's servant. And if we would begin whatever conversation that it is we need to have with God, with this statement that Mary shares and say, I am your servant God. What would you have me to do? I am your servant, Lord. May it be to me as you have said. So what is it that you're needing? What is it that you want? What is it that is your prayer to God? Whatever that prayer is, we have to start with I am the Lord's servant. And that's not an easy thing for us to say. Because when you really get to the heart of what that means is, um, I am your slave. And I really don't, I really don't have a voice in this thing. I'm really here to do whatever it is that you would have me to do. God. And I am hereby submitting myself to your authority, to your will, to your path for my life. And see, when we filter the stuff that we think that we want, when we filter our lives through the things that we think that we need through that kind of a filter, we might come up with different kinds of questions. You know what I'm saying? We might just have a whole new series of questions and desires and wants and needs that take us in a different place and in a different way than where we've been traveling. And you wonder why things haven't gone so well. Maybe, maybe it's because you're believing the wrong stuff and you're believing in the wrong entity. You're believing in the wrong person, the wrong personhood. And the one in whom we should believe first is God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we believe in them first and align ourselves with that first, then all of these other things seem to just kind of flow. And things grow the way they're supposed to grow. And things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Not necessarily because of what we've done, but because of our willingness to submit ourselves to the fact that we are the Lord's servants. I don't have any insight into the heart of Mary. 
from God's perspective. I, I, don't, I don't know what he saw in her to cause him to pick her out of all of those tens of thousands of young women who were around at the turn of the century there. I, I don't understand what he saw in her that allowed him to pick her. I, I don't get all that. But the one thing that gives me a little bit of an insight is her willingness to take whatever he dished out. And it's not easy for us in the 21st century in these grand old United States and Southern California to submit ourselves to this kind of living. Because the reality is the world that we've lived in for all of our lives sometimes generationally for all of our family's history has been one that we've made it based on what we've done and on what we can accomplish and what we say and what we do or the kind of work that we have or the investments that we've made and we think we haven't made. And I submit to you that life could be very, very different if we stated, I am the Lord's servant, and may it be to me as you have said. So what do you believe? That's the real question. With God, all things are possible. But you see, a lot of the things that we want or we desire are not possible because we've never submitted ourselves to God in a way that is in keeping, even with the birth of Jesus. And his mother. And we've walked a path that's been our path, and it hasn't been the path that God would truly want us to walk. And so this morning I offer to you to think about what you believe. With God, all things are possible. With God, you may have all that you need for every good work question is, what's the good work? What's the good work? What is it that he would have you to do? Again, going back to that adult class, Jason has used the word retirement. And there's some in this room who are retired. And I'm just going to challenge you right here. What in the world are you doing in the kingdom of God? What are you doing in the kingdom of God with your life? If all you do is find yourself watching more and more television or reading more and more books, I'm going to challenge you to turn off the TV and burn the books and find something to do in the kingdom. And for those of you who are still employed, you're not off the hook. Just because you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and you make all the money that you make, it doesn't give you and I the right to do whatever we want to do with the earnings that God blesses us with because of the employment opportunities that we have. What are you doing with it? And is God at the beginning and in the middle and at the end of all of that? And where is the money going? And how is it being spent and how is it being used? And is there any of it that's being used to his glory? That's the real question. What do you believe is possible with God? Because all things are possible but only those things that are in keeping with the will that he has in mind for his children. What do you believe?
Brandon's going to lead us in the song Amazing Grace. My chains are gone. The chains can be lifted. We don't have to carry the burden with us. We don't have to carry those burdens any longer than this morning. We can just say, God, I forgive. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to bless me. Please allow me to surrender my life to you again. Let me be your servant. Let me be your slave. Let me be one who comes to you truly recognizing that with you all things are possible, but they're only possible when I submit myself to you the way that Mary did. May it be to me as you have said. May it be to me as you have said. If we can help you in any way, prayer, if you want to obey the gospel, become a Christian and begin to walk that walk, let me invite you to come as we stand and sing the song. Brandon, come and lead us. How sweet.